You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, the podcast tonight. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at It's All Dead dot com and host of this podcast which is all about music if this is your first time tuning in thank you so much uh, for joining us we're glad to have you here if this is your 70th time uh listening to the podcast uh welcome back we're we're glad that you're back with us i've got a, a very special treat for you tonight if you're a longtime listener of this podcast you are quite familiar with our uh senior editor and my partner in crime kyle schultz who has not been on the podcast since I think this past spring, uh, it's been like the longest break the two of us have had in doing a podcast in like almost six years uh, since we started this night. But he is back tonight. Kyle Schultz, welcome. Hey, hey, thank you for uh, letting me back on the mic. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, not too bad. It's been a busy, busy summer. A lot of things happening. Yeah. So we both have, uh, we both got new jobs this summer. Um, I am a dad. Um, our lives have been kind of crazy. Like I, I want to say why well, I, I know for me, this has been like the most, uh, I mean, it's been an incredible, uh, four months now, but it's been the most like insane and, and busy four months of my life. And it makes it very hard to do things like podcasting consistently and, and running a, a website. So, um, yeah, I feel like both of us have kind of been hit with a lot, but you know, we're here, we're back and, uh, we're going to talk about pop punk music. That seems like something we would do, right? Hooray! That sounds normal. Yes, normal humans. <laughs> yes, normal humans. Uh, shout out to Nadia for carrying It's All Dead throughout the summer. Um, yes, you know she's not here tonight, but she'll be back. You'll 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 get to hear from her again. Um, but I know she's not a fan of a band that we're going to talk about tonight, which we kind of had to talk about. And it's crazy that it's been three months since their album came out and we're just now talking about it. We're going to talk about Blink-182 tonight you mean and the three new weeks. album, Nine. Yeah. What did I say? Three months. Uh-huh. Wow. See, that's what I mean. I have no time as a flat circle. <laughs> I have no idea what anything means anymore. It's been three weeks uh, since Blink-182 put out a new album, but it might as well have been three months because we have not gotten on a podcast to talk about it, which is kind of crazy. But we're going to do that tonight. Um, but yeah, you mentioned summer. Summer's over. I've literally got like these miniature light up pumpkins draped over my monitor. I'm, I'm recording in the dark tonight and just basking in the Halloween glow, uh, which I'm very excited about. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> Are you a big Halloween guy? Uh, I'm becoming more and more of one. I used to be when I was uh, younger and then just kind of stopped for really no reason at all. Uh, but this year I've kind of gone out all out as much as I can. I have several pumpkins. I have uh, nice some orange lights draped all about the apartment. I bought a shower curtain that has a haunted house on it. So Hell that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm working my way it. back. Yeah. Uh, Halloween is my favorite holiday by a, a considerable margin. It's not even close. And so I um, always decorate for Halloween uh, right around Labor Day weekend, uh, which is super early, but I just love basking in it. And my wife and I always throw a big costume party every year, um, which is exciting because that'll be coming up here in a few weeks. We've got our costumes picked out. Very excited about it. Um, and yeah, it is the fall season. We love talking about autumn music. Uh, on this podcast, on the website. Um, are you having an autumn drink tonight or a, a drink in general, Kyle? Uh, I sure am. I have myself a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Heck yeah, baby. That is like, 
it's just so good. It's like, I, I know it's like, I don't know, maybe the most obvious choice for this time of year, but it really is like the best Oktoberfest in my opinion. And, it, and there are some other good ones. Upland is a local brewery here in Indiana. They have a really good Oktoberfest. Um, th- there's good Oktoberfests out there, but you really can't go wrong with Sam Adams. No, I, I found most Oktoberfests are fantastic and just October is just the best beer month. It's just known. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, I've actually gone a little bit different tonight. I have been uh, playing around with uh, some fall cocktails over the past month or so. Um, and tonight, I, I don't even know what to call this, but I have muddled some blackberries with thyme, lemon juice, and simple syrup uh, mixed with a uh, Four Roses small batch bourbon. Um, and it's really good. So, Oh my. Yeah. I, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it is, but um, I'm sipping on it and enjoying it and... Uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about pop punk music. So, like you being all fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there was a time in which, if Blink 182 even batted their eyes at us, Kyle, we were either recording a podcast or on the phone with each other. And we did uh, go back and forth, I think, the first few days after the release of Nine, because you wrote the album review. You literally had it ready uh, the, the morning the album dropped. Uh, it went live on our site. And I was excited to read it. You know, as I mentioned, uh, one of the things that uh, they tell you about parenthood that is true is that you just have a tough time keeping up with things and doing things. And I had lost track of time to the point that I was surprised that morning when I woke up to your message that you had the review ready. I was like, oh, yeah, Blink-182 has an album coming out today. Uh, That was my life. Well, it, it turned out I was taking a road trip um, that weekend. And so I listened to the album repeatedly. But when you sent me that message and I went in to read your review, I was you know, kind of excited to see what you had to say. And I was shocked at how lukewarm uh, your album review was. And so a um, couple things that I want to talk about before we get into this. And I, I guess to tee it up, you know, this is Blink-182. I mean, they're, you know, decades into their career now. They obviously had that um, stir up Well, they've <laughs> they're most recent of many uh, a few years ago in which uh, Tom DeLong officially left the band and Matt Skiba became um, an official member of Blink-182. They put out California a few years ago. You and I both loved that album, thought it was a a complete return to form. Um, And now here's nine uh, produced by John Philman and a a few others dropped September 20th. And uh, it's been, I think maybe slightly better reviewed at large um, than California was. But I, take me back to like you listening to this album and prepping to write this review. Like for anybody that hasn't read this review, share with me your initial thoughts that as you're putting these the pen to paper and putting these words down, what were the emotions you were feeling? What were the thoughts you were having about this album? Uh, to be honest, like leading into it, it was a weird mixture of excitement and disappointment because it's it's Blink-22. It's, it's an event whenever they put anything out. At least for me, it is. And um, prior to the album, you know, they put out a few singles like Happy Days and uh, uh, Dark Side, I believe, and maybe one one or two others I can't quite remember at the moment. Um, And I remember being very kind of mediocre to the singles, um, especially Happy Days. Like, it it was fine, um, but it just, it didn't really spark any excitement in me. Is very similar to kind of how I felt with uh, Fall Out Boy's singles for their last album. And then when that album came out, 
I it immediately changed every opinion I had of the singles uh, put in the context of the album. And, um, you know, I was just kind of waiting on that. It was just, I would listen to the songs and just, I didn't, wasn't really feeling it. Um, I waited up at night for the album to come out and listened through it a few times. And in the context of the album, the singles are much better, I feel like. I enjoyed it a lot more uh, with that. But after two or three listens, I kind of felt myself just sitting there, you know, uh, with a blank computer screen getting ready to write. And it didn't feel, it didn't fill me with like the usual, uh, like energy that Blink-182 gives me. Even Neighborhoods had kind of an electricity behind it. And I think that might've just been, you know, we waited so long for the album to come out. It was there, but, uh, I, I just didn't really feel anything with nine, um, and I expressed that in my review. It's a it's a good album. It, it's just it for as much as the band has evolved and for as much as uh, they've forged their new identity, I didn't feel like they took as much advantage of uh, those chances as they, as they could have. Um, in the weeks since that, I've opened up to it a bit more, but I still feel like my consensus is when I'm listening to Nine. It's a great album, and I really enjoy my time with it. And as soon as it stops playing, I almost forget it existed. Wow. Well, I was going to lead in to kind of ask what's changed since that review came out. And by the way, the the description you just gave there was um, spot on from um, what you'd said during the uh, your review. So um, if you haven't read it, go to itsalldead.com and uh, check out Kyle's full review of the album. But... I, yeah, so a couple things stick out to me there. One, it, I'm interested to dig a little bit more into you know any thoughts that might have changed in the three weeks since you wrote the review. But it, you talked about the the last Fallout Boy album, and that strikes me as, as something to kind of dig into here because I remember how much we discussed the early singles from that album and how kind of low our expectations fell before it came out. And then it came out and to my memory, you gave that album five stars, uh, which is the highest score we give an album. Is that right? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Like I said, fallout boy, when their singles came out, I hated every single one of them. It was the first time, like I haven't looked forward to a fallout boy album ever. And then um, they put out the digital version. I listened to that and I hated the album. That and then we found out that the track listing was wrong, and the correct one was the physical one, I think. And rearranging the songs and uh, playing them in that order completely and utterly changed every opinion I had of it. So I was I was really hoping that would be the case for this as well. And so I bring that up because uh, think blame it on on my youth. Blame it on my youth was the first single that was dropped from nine. Um, and I remember the day that came out, we were kind of talking back and forth about how much neither of us really cared for that song. And that, <laughs> so the lead up was very similar to what we had a few years ago with uh, Fall Out Boy's Mania. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything to the way that this album is constructed track list wise? I mean, uh, do you what's what's different with this nine album, you know, three weeks later now for you, as you listen to it now, you, you said you started to warm up to a little bit, but you just kind of forget it after it's over. Like um, talk a little bit more about, I guess what you mean there. Like, what is it that doesn't stick with you? I feel like for me, um, <clears throat> the first couple times I listened to it, I felt like there was a lot of kind of generic rock 
music on it and not really uh, like California. It was a nice mix of kind of old school um, skate punk that Blink-22 kind of came up on. And then they kind of pushed themselves into uh, some different pop boundaries. They really kind of took advantage of the fact that um, Matt Skiba was on guitar and really tried some different things. They let, uh, you know, Travis, really kind of have his way with the drums for a little bit. Like they, they took some chances on it and I like the way that they kind of melded their eras together. Uh, with nine, there's just, there's a lot of songs that I felt they seemed like lazy writing and I, uh, looking back on it, I can appreciate those more. Like I'm, I'm enjoying them more. I, I've been digging on happy days a lot but I find myself humming that song a lot in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to, I don't know, it's just one of those things. And then you and I discussed, you mentioned uh, the theory that after listening to it, you were curious if uh, Mark Hoppus was going through a divorce or something. And then listening to it through a new round of years like that, it gave it a bit more depth. And um it, I'm, it, I appreciate it a bit more kind of looking at it from a new direction or something like that, but I'm going to guess I've listened to nine at least a dozen times. And right before this podcast, I was kind of going over the songs in my head to try to f- remember which ones really stood out to me. And I realized I couldn't remember what any of the last half of the album sounded like. So see, that's, so that's the most interesting part to me. So Kyle sends me this review. I read it. I'm kind of like bummed out of like, dang, the new Blink album isn't that good. And we loved California so much. It felt like things were heading the right direction. Um, And then I drove up to, it was a four and a half hour drive to Detroit uh, Friday afternoon. So I listened to it repeatedly. Um, I also was not a fan. I was not a fan of Blame It On My Youth. I was not a fan of Happy Days. Um, The singles did not catch me. I listened to this album the first time through and I was like, dear God, this is like, one of my favorite Blink-182 albums. So I listened to it constantly that weekend. I keep going back to it. And I I still, I know, because I know, and I talked about this on our last podcast with uh, Evan Saudi, just my historical proclivity to, uh, I don't know, overreact in the moment when there's something I really like. And I know that about myself. And as somebody who's written <laughs> hundreds of album reviews at this point through the years, um, I, I know my tendencies to lean in that direction. So I wanted to like take time. And that's why I think it's good to do this podcast three weeks later, because I still feel that way. I think this is my second favorite Blink-182 album. And what's so fascinating about it, you mentioned not being able to like even remember the second half. The second half of this album, the run from probably Black Rain through Remember to Forget Me is one of the best stretches in Blink-182's catalog, in my opinion. Um, Because the first half of the album is almost like a a completely different album than what the second half is. And I kind of get where you're coming from in that first half because it does switch styles so much. They're adding a lot of new elements in and all those songs kind of feel like weird singles that stand alone. But right around that point where it hits Black Rain, the the album almost takes this dark turn. Um, And I really wish I Hated You is kind of like a, a, a funny type song it's almost like winking a little bit but it's definitely like not a happy song so you got pin the grenade no heart uh to speak of ransom on some emo shit hung over you remember to forget me like these are all really sad songs um and i had test you about like did mark Thomas go through a divorce because it's all i could think about listening to this album like this this album like has some real pain to it on the back half and that's actually the half that kind of intrigues me the most simply because 
it, it just feels authentic and it feels like um, a more grown up version of Blink-182 that we haven't had for maybe ever. I know California had some moments that felt like, you know, a little more of an adult album, but it still had, they kind of like fell back into some of those like corny, cheesy tendencies that they've done, which aren't bad. I mean, we, we love the joke tracks or whatever, but like nine just feels like an adult album to me. And our, that's how I remember feeling back in 2003 when the self-titled album dropped, which is my favorite Blink-182 album. So I think it's like kind of all those emotions that I feel listening to it, along with the fact that they're stretching themselves out of their comfort zone that makes it, that makes me like it the way that I like the self-titled even to this day. Yeah, and that's what's so weird because I I agree the back half of the album is amazing. They really stuck their necks out and tried some new stuff with it and uh like Black Rain is especially uh stood out to me. But um and I even remember that during while I was trying to review it and on every listen like once you get to the back half it's something really new and something that's uh really worth your time. But for some reason, it just it doesn't stick with me, and I don't know if that's just uh, some tick I have or uh, what it is. But um, after like a dozen listens, it's it's still not not settling with me, and I I honestly just don't know why. Well, one of the things you talked about in your review was kind of them adding in these other elements that you know wouldn't have fit on a pop punk album in you know nineteen ninety nine or whatever, but. You know, for example, uh, we talked about the first single, Blame It On My Youth. It's got some clever lines in it. It's not a bad song, but it kind of sounds like a better version of something that 21 Pilots would do. And that's not my thing. Yeah. Um. I, there's there's moments like that where they're kind of like leaning into like a current sound that is really hard to like take serious from a band that's been around as long as they have. I don't know a better way to explain that, but then they have these like really genuine moments or moments where they're experimenting and it actually sounds kind of cool. Black Rain's an example of that dark side, which was a, an early single for this album is another example of that. They, they, they have those things where they're stretching themselves. They're adding different elements into the mix and it works. And then there's times where it doesn't. And that's fine. Um, I, I'm also fascinated by uh, some of the moments on this album, uh, generational divide ransom. These are like, these are songs I wasn't expecting after reading your review. Cause these are like straight up punk songs. Like there's moments on this album where they're just like thrashing on the guitars and doing like a, a minute and 20 second track or something. And that's something that like, I wouldn't have expected from blink One Eighty Two at this point, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, that could just be a symptom of, I reviewed it too quickly. Um, but even then like generational divide, I think I even wrote in the review, it has something like, 20 words and the lyrics are yeah. less than that. It's just, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a decent song, but um, even some of the bands like past, like very short songs, there, there's a bit more, it feels like there's a bit more thought thrown into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as I look at this track list and kind of like pull out a few of my favorite tracks here, I'm going to share like some of the ones that like, you know, because again, with a catalog this large, it kind of gets to the point where like you kind of pick and choose, or at least I do when I'm listening to Blink-182. Sometimes I'll listen to a full album. I'll listen to Enema of the State. I'll listen to Take Off My Pants and Jacket. 
um, I'll listen to the self-titled. But even California, for as much as we kind of gushed about that album at the time, I've just kind of like chosen a select number of tracks that stay with me. And when I listen to Blink-182, those are the tracks from that album that come through. And I, I feel like that could be uh, how this album ends up for me as well. Um, but again, I mentioned Dark Side. Um, I Really Wish I Hated You, I think is my favorite track on this album. Um, no Heart to Speak Of, On Some Emo Shit. And Remember to Forget Me is a closing track that I really kind of love. And when I talk about kind of a, a grown-up band or a, a band that's kind of willing to be more vulnerable than maybe they usually are, you've got Mark Hoppe singing um hey mom i'm on my own scared to death and far from home can you imagine that imagine that you know i'm bad at that um that's these are some surprisingly like uh vulnerable lyrics and i feel like that's kind of what makes up the back half of this album which is probably why it appeals to me so much but um what are what are some tracks for you from this album that you feel like you're gonna carry with you um even if you're not going back to nine regularly um, I would say, uh, Heaven is probably the standout that I would reach for. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like that song. It has some weird lyricism to it, but the chorus is incredible. Um, I read, after I wrote your thing, I went back and just kind of read some other things, and I heard that that song's about, I think, the Parkland shooting. Oh, wow. So it was one of those things where it's like, oh... Oh my! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I really enjoy that song. And uh, Dark Side is just a solid, solid rock song. Um, but otherwise, I would say Black Rain, Pin the Grenade, and uh, Ransom are probably the ones I would uh, grab. Which is weird because half of those are on the second half that I couldn't remember today. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. We almost have like opposite tracks that we're pulling from here. Pin the Grenade, by the way, is a great track. But like I listen to that and that song feels like a Kyle Schultz song. Um, I don't know if I've got more to add to that or more I can explain there, but that's a song I listen to and I'm like, this sounds like a Kyle Schultz song that he would love. I feel like I'm kind of easy to peg because we've had this discussion before where in the war between pop and rock, I tend to fall more to the pop side. But... Uh, it, it's one of those things where, especially with, you know, and now I'm like nine from Blink-22, you can't judge it based on their, like, you know, past work. They have some albums that, uh, you know, are basically worshipped in uh, the rock scene. You can't compare it to, you know, that thing. At least I don't think you can. Yeah. So... You know, we've talked about Nine. We've talked ad nauseum about California and the, the few years since that album was released, which I guess it was 2016 that album dropped. I'm looking uh, at it right now. If it'll load. Yeah, you 2016. Are <laughs> um, so I, I want to go back to Neighborhoods because that's the other album that's come out since the band reunited in uh, 2009. And that's an album you mentioned in your review. I want to get your thoughts from 2011 when that album dropped versus now. I, I put up my review. I wrote, I reviewed Neighborhoods for uh, Pop Matters when it came out. I was pulling it up to read through it uh, before we started. I gave the album at the time. I remember when this came out, like it was pretty divisive. And especially amongst Blink-182 fans, people didn't really know what to do with it or how to process it. And it was weird anyway, because they kind of all re recorded their parts separately. And so you've got Tom in one studio, like recording his stuff and sending it over to Mark and 
Travis who were recording their parts. So it, it was always destined to feel a little uneven. I gave it a review of seven out of 10 and I had a lot of positive stuff to say about it, mostly calling out the fact that you could feel the palpable tension <laughs> between uh, the, <laughs> the band members within the album. Like it's just, it's there. Um, and in hindsight, it's kind of obvious that we should have seen what was about to come from that. So all that to say in 2011, I was like, Hey, you know, all things considered, this is pretty good guys. Now I, I don't like that album and I almost never listen to it. Like what, what is your history from then to now when it comes to neighborhoods? Uh, if I remember correctly, up all night was the first single that came out yep. from there. And I remember hearing it and be like, yeah, it's all right. And, but, uh, like I, I got my energy up. I was super excited. I, I actually went out and bought the CD when it came out because I, it was just a new Blink-22. I wanted to hold it in my hands. And yeah. I remember shaking with excitement and putting it in. And the first couple tracks blew my mind because it felt like the self-titled album all over again. Like uh, it, it seemed like they'd kind of just, just jumped back into right where they dropped off. And then after those first two tracks, it just slowly cascaded and... I mean, it's it's a fine album. I think I even texted you like a year ago. I was re-listening to it, and I was like, "This is a lot better than I remember it." And I remember yeah. your response is basically like, "No, it isn't." <laughs> <laughs> but um, since then, I you know I've listened after the week it came out. I think I've listened to it all the way through maybe three times in the years since then. Um, there's a few songs from there I'll listen to if I'm putting together a mix or something like that, or I'll like cherry pick just listen to, but. Uh, it, it does not come up very often. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I'll say like Hearts All Gone and Wishing Well are pretty good tracks. But by and large, I mean, it just feels like a project of two people that are trying to pull it in their direction. Um, and because of that, it's just so hard to like know what to do with it. You know, I mean, even Ghost on the Dance Floor is like the Tom songs are Tom songs and the, the Mark songs are Mark songs. And it just kind of is what it is. Um, now it's funny. I, I was just thinking about this. So, uh, you know, obviously writing somewhere like pop matters. I mean, we, we get advances as well, but you know, I'm, I'm, when I was writing there, I was always reviewing things like well before the album was to come out and neighborhoods was one of those. And of course, you know, you get the advance and you don't really share it <laughs> or talk about it with anybody. That <laughs> neighborhoods album was one in particular that was like, keep your fucking mouth shut. Like keep this to yourself. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, I'm really, it was a year later when you and I met each other and I'm like, it would have been like so hard to like have spent weeks with this comeback Blink-182 album and not been able to <laughs> to talk to you about it. I just show up at your desk at work and slide you a 20. What's it like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, who knows? I Maybe I could have been bought. Um, <laughs> let's, let's do this. I didn't prepare you for this. But let's rank these. Oh, no. I know we've done this before, um, but let's just end the moment, take a look at the discography. And to make this simple, I'm going to knock off Buddha and Cheshire Cat. I don't think either one of us really need to rank either of those. Do you feel that way? They're not even real. Okay, so let's rank Dude Ranch through nine. Can we? I'll go first, and I'll give you some time All since right. I just dropped this on you. So, um and I, I can't remember the last time we did this. I feel like we did this on a podcast maybe like four or five years ago. Um, but time has passed and things change. So 
let's see. Um, for me, number one, I know it was, it still is, it probably always will be. I already said it, the self-titled 2003. That was an album that when it came out, I wouldn't have immediately ranked it as my favorite Blink-182 album. But over time, um, I just love everything about what that album is and what it represents for that band's evolution, what it made me feel in the moment. Um, it was a in college when that came out and it was just kind of like a moment in my life. And so it's, it's really hard for that album to be knocked off that spot. Um, and then, like I also said, nine, I think has got to be number two for me. So I've got blink One Eighty Two, nine, take off your pants and jacket. Enema of the state, California neighborhoods and dude ranch. I think those are my rankings. Yes, those are my rankings. I'm sticking to it. Snap, son. Yeah. What do you got? So it's been a hot minute since I've really thought about this, but uh, and also my computer is frozen, so I may forget an album. But oh no. <laughs> uh, based on where I'm at right now, um, I have some very strong opinions on a lot of these albums and very strong memories of where I was at the time when they were released, but. Based on my current taste, I would say number one would be the self-titled. Number two would be California. Uh, Mm. Take off your pants and jacket. Enema of the State. Nine. Dude Ranch. And then um, Neighborhoods. Okay. So there you go. We're not that far off except for just like a couple albums. And it's really nine in California. I know what you're talking about. We're going to go <laughs> so, and again, I really liked California. This, California got a bad rap. Like people, I feel like people still kind of talk shit about it. I don't understand it. Like California to me, like, so we've seen so many bands uh, from the scene that we kind of love break up and come back. And and the whole thing is, or even if they haven't broken up, they've just been around a long time. Well, why don't they sound like this anymore? Why don't they make their music that sounds like this old album of theirs that I love? To me, California is literally Blink-182 doing exactly that. The only difference is it's Matt Skiba and the band and not Tom. Like You can draw some very clear parallels between what you hear on an album like California and take off your pants and jacket, in my opinion. So I've never understood like for all those it's, and it's a lot of those same people that always want their favorite band to make the music like they used to make. And then when a band does it, they don't like it. I've never understood that with California. I can get like, if you just don't like pop punk and you're not into blank 182, then California is probably not going to be your thing. But if you're a fan of this band, I've never really understood not liking it. Now that being said, Take off your pants and jacket. In them of the state are just better pop punk albums to me than California. But like, I mean, what are your thoughts three years later with this? California is a great album. I I still feel that it was a great album. Of uh, it managed to kind of take the elements of their older albums, like In of the State, and kind of meld it with um, a mature sound where they are now. And I felt like Matt Skiba did a really good job of. Uh, somewhat imitating Tom's sound, but still making it distinct, uh, yeah. both from Tom and from Alkaline Trio. Um, all things considered, I thought he was amazing on that album. And I, I feel like as many hurdles that there were in the way of its release, um, they completely knocked out of the park with that. But uh, that said, I encountered 
a lot of reasons is that one of my friends that I've been almost two decades now, uh, she was arguably a bigger Blink fan than I was when we were uh, in middle school and high school. And this album came out and I tried to get her to listen to a single and she actually put her hands up to her ears and screamed, no, 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 because Tom wasn't in the band. It wasn't Blink-182 and refused to listen to them. So, yeah, I mean, I know and I know we've talked about this, but like, that's just so fucking weird to me because I in in a way I get it because, you know, Mark and Tom, it was the whole thing. But if somebody just flat out doesn't want to be in this band and their presence in the band for the better course of probably a decade has made everything worse, then aren't we better to have somebody that wants to be in that band that actually has like a- as much of a background in-, in all of this as anybody? Matt Skiba is not just some dude off the street. I mean, Alkaline Trio is fucking legit and, and they have been for a long time. And I, I feel like you're replacing somebody who's literally given up any sense of even caring with somebody that really cares and is better at playing their instrument and probably a better singer. You know what I mean? Like I get it, but it's just, I've that whole take has always been so bizarre to me. And I, I, you know, I I don't want to tell anybody what to do. Like if you just can't listen to blink 22 without Tom, like, I guess that's your prerogative, but um, I just think that you're missing out on some good music. So I don't know, but a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, no, I, I have strong opinions on Tom. I saw him play with Blink live twice and he was almost unlistenable. Uh, just, he, he kept, I've mentioned this before, but it, like he kept forgetting the lyrics. He kept forgetting mm-hmm. the guitar parts and would just stop midway through the song and Mark and Travis just keep going on and he'd jump in at, uh, you know, where it was convenient to jump into, but there'd just be sections where he just drop out because I don't know if he just forgot the song or what it was, but it was, it was pretty brutal. And then I've seen them um, at least once, maybe twice with uh, Matt Skiba. And it's just, it's a completely different band. They're incredible. Yeah. Although much tighter, I will say one of the side effects of nine for whatever reason, for the first time in five years, I started going back and listening to Angels and Airwaves for some reason. Oh. <laughs> it's a weird side effect. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, what's your favorite Angels and Airwaves album? Uh, I Empire. Yeah. I feel like that's like the most common choice, right? Like, I think so. It, it's a it's a decent pop album. Uh, the first one, I forget what it's called at the moment. We don't need to whisper. Of course you're not. We're recording. Um. I, I feel like they're still working out some kinks on it, and it, it's fine, but it's it does its thing. Uh, and then the Love albums, I haven't listened to them enough to have an opinion, but I remember feeling like there's a lot of bloat with those, and I just haven't yeah. really gone back to them. Yeah. I think no matter what, I Empire is always going to be the album for that band, just the moment that that was. Um, yeah. And it happened kind of during the height of that, blink hiatus that it just felt like the other thing is you know we didn't know what else we were going to get from these musicians that we loved you know what i mean and so the the again we don't need to whisper was great by empire kind of uh built on that i still love everything's magic i think that's a great song it really is (laughs) Um, and i just think that because of what had happened with blink at the time it kind of probably heightened our senses um 
to some of this because like plus 44 i love that album too so it, it was just kind of one of those things of like if we can get anything at all it's probably going to be something that we're going to be at least moderately happy with um but yeah so um l- let's talk about this because blink 182 um they break up they reunite they put out neighborhoods everybody's kind of like uh, okay um california comes out now we've got nine so there's three albums and there's really no signs that like i mean blink 182 now could just keep going like we could get six more albums you know what i mean like what are your expectations what are your thoughts what are your hopes for what we'll see from blink 182 going forward as long as they're having fun, I will listen to literally anything they put out. Um, it, it seems like they're all in good spots. It seems like they're all still enjoying the project. And uh, I'm enjoying the fact that they're not just remaking Anima of the State. Uh, I don't expect them to. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go from here. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't hate Nine. It's just, for whatever reason, it doesn't speak to me the way that some of their past albums do. Um, and I think I mentioned in my review, I have a worry that it will get some Neighborhood Syndrome, where I, I've seen them live a few times, and the only song from Neighborhood they play is Up All Night, and then, more or less, that album's just completely uh, forgotten in their live shows, and I was worried about that for Nine too, where they just grab one song and then just kind of skip past as if it never happened. Um, but I also remember like after neighborhoods came out, they put out the dogs eating dogs EP and Mm -hmm. I love that EP. And that's the first time where, you know, after I I was a little worried after neighborhoods and after hearing that EP, I thought, Oh, they're still in this. Like they, they can still make magic when they want to. And, um, nine, nine wasn't magic for me. Um, maybe it will be later on just, you know, it, being exposed to it more, just having it there more. Um, I think it's definitely going to grow on me more than it has. But if this album didn't speak to me, I'm pretty confident their next one absolutely will. Yeah. A couple things there. Dogs Eating Dogs gets forgotten. That is a really damn good EP. And I remember I'd kind of like started to deflate on neighborhoods in that year in between. And when that EP dropped, which was right around Christmas time, I remember yeah. <laughs> right. It was suddenly like, oh shit. Like, what if Blink 182 can still be really good? And so it was like a really important moment. And you never hear those songs played. But you talked about the set list and things getting forgotten. That's always going to be the the thing that they're up against is that they've got like once you you know, they're going to always have to play the songs that they're gonna play from Enema, Take Off Your Pants, the self-titled, like at a certain point, the set list gets bloated with songs they have to play to the point that it's hard to fit in all this other stuff. So there might just be eventually one song from nine that's showing up on the set list. And that's a really interesting thing to think about for bands that are around this long is like, how do you continue to go out on tour knowing that you're going to have to play all these mainstays to get, you know, a ton of people out to these amphitheater shows but also you kind of need to be playing the new stuff too. Cause why, why make it, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. No, I, um, I and, totally agree with that. And it's one of those things where I, I almost feel bad because like Enema of the state and take off your pants are great albums, but um, I, I almost feel like they've, 
been around too long. Like I'm, I'm almost ready to kind of let those uh, go and just, just see more of the newer stuff played more often. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's going to be interesting next summer when we've got Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy all on tour together. All three bands that have a pretty big catalog full of stuff. Like, what are what are we going to hear? Is it just going to be like a greatest hits type thing? Um, it, it's fascinating. We're we're reaching this new point uh, with some of these uh, scene bands, and it's unfair to you know put some of these bands in the scene just because they're they're so massive. But like bands that are going to have to play their their greatest hits but we also really love them and are dedicated to them in ways that maybe some people it's just a nostalgia trip um so like how do you serve and cater to the, both those audiences it's really really fascinating thing so um so yeah uh both of us missed blink 182 this summer i think i i didn't see them with lil wayne did you see them when they came through chicago no i'm not really a little wayne fan and uh the last few times I've seen them, they had some really incredible opening bands for them, and I just figured I'd catch them on the next one. Yeah, so we missed them this time around. Maybe we'll catch them next time, uh, but they've got a new album. It's called Nine. Again, if you uh, want to check out Kyle's review, go to itsalldead.com, where we also have all kinds of uh, great content, including a review of the new early November album that Kyle wrote. Um, I just did a reflective piece on uh, Witness by Bless the Fall, uh, this is an album that I feel like is, has become underrated over time. Uh, when it came out in 2009, it was sort of a reminder that this band who had just lost its lead singer and picked up a, a new singer, um, got signed to Fearless Records, kind of a, a reinvention of who they are. In hindsight, for me, it's a band that kind of changed the entire course of what was to come in modern metalcore. Um, I know that's a bold statement, but I do believe it. So uh, we've got a reflective feature you can check out there. Um, we've also had recent reviews from um, Nadia on Tiny Moving Parts and Melanie Martinez. So yeah, we've got stuff going on. Um, come visit us. And if you like this podcast, um, you know, obviously subscribe in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so. And please leave us a review on Apple Music. Uh, it's really helpful as we continue to grow this show and get more people into the show. Um, if you've got something kind, you could say we would love to hear it. But more importantly than anything, just share it with your friends. Um, tell your friends about our podcast and have them tune in as well. I think that covers it. Kyle, was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight related to Blink-182? No, just wanted to tell you that you're beautiful. Hey, thank you. I needed that. (laughs) I needed that. Uh, Kyle Schultz, everybody, senior editor at SawDead.com. Glad he could be on the show tonight. I'm Kyle Hawk. Uh, We'll be back soon with another episode. I think I promised you on the last show we did, we've got a really cool guest coming up uh we are very close to getting that episode recorded and i am very very excited to share it with you so stay tuned uh that's it for now we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the it's all dead podcast if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news reviews and much more 